G'day all, and thanks for listening to the Football Podcast. You're here with Ash and Garns, and we're here to talk all things AFL and NBA, plus more. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. G'day all, and thanks for listening to the Football Podcast. You're here with Ash and Garns, and we're here to talk all things AFL and NBA, plus more. First bounce is underway, Ash. First quarter. Started off. <clears throat> Let's talk about... Australian's the AFL. Australian's the AFL. Let's talk about a um, couple of teams first. Yep. First off, cast your mind back to Thursday night. Yep. Melbourne versus Port Adelaide. Goalless first half in Port. The young four lines not firing against a very good Melbourne outfit. Yep. After that loss that they had, we all thought they'd be 0-5 because Carlton was in red-hot form. Yep. Then Sunday night happened, and it went all up in the air because Paddy Cripps gets injured, and Gold Coast, who isolated Jake Weedering, yep, just dominated up in Metricon, and what could Port Adelaide sneak a chance to beat Carlton? Could the unthinkable happen? Yeah, well, obviously Ollie Wines going out as well doesn't help that chance, but it also might provide an opportunity for say Zach Butters and that to get more midfield time, and and I think they've maybe got. It might even have too many midfielders, so they're trying to rotate so many through there. It's they're not getting that continuity in the midfield <clears throat> altogether. That might be a detriment to Port Adelaide right now as well. Yeah. Um, but I think this is their opportunity for say Georgiades or Marshall or something to take advantage of not having a dominant backline or something like that um, against them. So they might they might finally get to play how they probably should be playing. And but Port Adelaide they're they're still playing like they've got Charlie Dixon there. They can't play that kick forward and hope that some guy's going to take a big contested mark against three yeah. guys. Um, Jer- Jeremy Finlayson as well had an all right game in the in the twos for, yeah. in their reserves as well. So maybe he comes back in and just 
maybe spread the load a little bit for Port Adelaide. It's, and that and might literally, be what's it's their missing. delivery into the forward line because they're just bombing it on the head of yeah. <clears throat> Tom Marshall. Where last year they were very efficient by foot. So till that part of their game comes back in, goals yeah. could be a bit more easy to come by with the yeah. delivery. But is and, that and they're going to have to adjust now? Um, obviously. Dixon's had a big setback, setback as well, yeah. so he's going to be out for even longer. So they're going to have to adjust something, and they're going to have to figure it out fast without Dixon. And let's cut again. Let's go back to the Sunday night, the Gold Coast and Carlton. Yep. Who was the big difference in that game? Who was the one that just changed the whole outfit and was detrimental to, um, to Carlton? Well, it had to be Jared Witts. Jared Witts just dominated. Pitnet going out with a back injury just provided that opportunity for, for Wits to really just prove that he is a dominant force in the ruck. If you put somebody that's not going to be able to compete with him, he's just going to tear you apart. And he was hitting it to advantage at will. He would just he had his way with, with Carlton's ruckman. And De Koning, obviously, unfortunately for him, it was he's not developed yet. He's not, yeah. he's not ready to take that next step yet. And, and, Wits, and, 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 and Wits proved that. And yeah. But it was also like it also just proves that last year how much of a loss he was with yeah. leadership, with control in the midfield, with actually having a ruckman that can compete against all the top tier ruckmen. That's Wits has proved that he's just he's just proven that if you cannot put a second tier ruckman against me, because I'm just going to destroy them. Well, he also gives now seventy five percent chance of the Gold Coast middle first use of the footy. Yeah, footy. and Tuke Miller. Um, Matt Rowell if they have Weller, first use uh, uh, well he played more on the half back but you've got um, Luke, Jack Lukosius going yeah. through there was, on Jack Lukosius how good is his transition being from the back line to the forward line yep. now assisting Chol and Leo Caswell he's getting the third best defender yep. and Rankin's now getting the fourth fourth best yeah. defender like it's unheard of like yeah. you're Rankin is a dangerous player. He proved it. And then Roses comes in and he's getting a fifth or sixth and yeah. he proved that he can be dangerous if you let him. So it's starting to turn around for Gold Coast. So I really think this yeah. is a finals team. I Like we said, our predictions for them, they should be aiming for a final win. Oh, and 100% I can see, they I can be. see it. Yeah. Now, speaking of another team that you highly fancied, yeah. and right now they're sitting exactly where you said they would in the top four, in Frio. Yeah. Talk about... Brody is Brody or Brody? Will Brody? Will Brody coming yeah. in with his salary dump? He's having a bloody good season so, so far. So far, yeah. And that's a and for a salary dump. What we see it a lot in the NBA with the salary dumps. Usually, if there's a salary dump in a trade, you're not getting the most out of it. It looks like Freo are. Yeah. And then well, you add O'Driscoll as well. All these other players. Yeah, coming coming through and um, even that was even with um, well Brayshaw Brayshaw only had one clearance for the game, so they clearly spread the load without Brayshaw having to do a lot of midfield work. He still had his 20, 26 touches or something, I think, whatever it was. But and that was with the tag, so just showing how good he's going to be. Yeah. But with like with them sharing the load in the midfield, Sean Darcy being back as well helped big time just control that midfield once again it just shows that if you have a good enough ruckman a, a top 10 ruckman in the league you're gonna at least you can when you don't come up against another one or when you do come up against one it evens the playing field if you come up against like you've seen in the Carlton game with a second tier ruckman against a top tier ruckman they just get destroyed and it just it just opens up the midfield for the for that team and yeah. And you can just see how how easily Gold Coast were going forward because Wits was just 
he was either taking it out of the ruck, he was just putting it to advantage on the run, and they were just streaming out of there. Um, back to Frio, though. They... They, pretty much the same what Darcy was doing. Yeah, that, and that's and that's what that's what I'm trying to say. So him being in there just helps control that midfield. Those guys can get on the move when they they don't have to just go to the one guy in Brayshaw and Mundy Mundy back in there as well. I think he had his thirty or whatever yeah. he, whatever he end up having. It just it just provides that um, stability and uh, uh, what's it called the stable stable midfield where you can go to anyone rather yep. than just having to go to that one guy. Yep. Um, and I think Frio are starting to put this starting to look like a team. They just now their backline just got to get some continuity. That's yep. that's the one thing with them. Now <clears throat> we're we're gonna talk about it more in depth in the next coming weeks. But with Jamie Elliott going down to Collingwood right now, yep. the goey out of contract, how important is it for Collingwood to get the best out of the goey right now? And also for Dugoa to get the best out of himself to get the max contract that he wants. Like, yeah. How important is that right now for Collingwood and for Dugoa? For Dugoa, it's probably more important because he's going to get he's going to get big offers anywhere. Um, just with what what he's what he's capable of, yeah. he's just going to naturally get big offers. Uh, it's pretty much going to be him and uh, what's looking like um, McStay McStay from from Brisbane. Just going to be the two key key gets for teams. Um, so they're going to be offering upwards of eight hundred thousand. Yeah, it's just a matter of if Collingwood wants to match it, but they need Dugowie to prove that he's worth that. Yeah. I think he, I think he is worth that. Just with the list that we have and um, coming up, we're going to be able to backseat some deals and and front seat his yeah. deal because we're not going to have big contracts right now. So well, look at what. He, he, the West Coast game, everyone dubs it as a great West Coast win, and I'm not taking the West Coast win away from them. Mm-hmm. But Collingwood's lack of ability to hit the scoreboard when it mattered yep. is what Dugowie adds, and Jamie Elliott was getting well held the whole game. Yeah, um, and, and he when went, he went down pretty early though, uh, either halfway through the in the fourth, it was yeah, it was, was it the fourth, yeah, or oh, okay. early in the fourth, like when the game was on the line, yeah. we lost to our, one of our best players in terms of our midfield clearance works. Yeah. But he was putting a lot of pressure on, so we lacked that extra pressure around the ball. Yeah. But um, I really want to talk about the ruck battle between Nat Nui and Grundy, because we already touched on Wits and mm-hmm. and um, Darcy. Yep. I thought, I watched the whole game, I thought Grundy was dominant the whole game against Nat Nui. After the last three weeks, he's been absolutely taken to town by three other ruckmen. In Hayes from St Kilda, in O'Brien from. Um, so I will dis- I will disagree with you there because the Saints game I don't think he got destroyed. I think they had a two prong combo that when they went forward, that's when they sort of destroyed destroyed Collingwood. Yeah. Not so much Grundy in the ruck. They didn't really destroy him there. But um, O'Brien, his. I, I once again I don't think Grundy has been destroyed this season. I think he's been at least competitive if not better than the other Ruckman. But I think you are right. He's starting to then... He's starting to get back into his form of two or three yeah, seasons yeah. ago. Yeah. Where he's he's so good around the ground, you can you can sort of negate his little bit of lack of aerial um, uh, dominance in the Ruck. As long as he's competitive in the Ruck and wins, uh, like wins half, you can, you can deal with that because you know he's going to get him on the... Around the ground, yeah. So, that, I thought he was very good on the weekend. And when they put the um, the other ruckman in, he just 
destroyed it. Yeah. And he was tapping it into advantage. Just Collingwood just couldn't get the bounce to go their way. Yeah. Or pick up the footy in if you're not a Collingwood supporter. Yeah. But I want you can't talk about Collingwood without talking about the day crosses. Yep. And we can't talk about Collingwood without talking about Scott Penderbury because that's the rule on this podcast. <laughs> if we talk about Collingwood, we've got to say how good Penderbury is. How good is it to see Scott Penderbury move to the back line this season and deliver the footy, but have another player being able to deliver it in Nick Dacos? I know it's his only fourth game, yep. but you can see the, the craftsmanship similar to what Scott Penderbury had in his early days. I'm not saying Nick Dacos is as good as Penderbury, yep. but it's very important to have that if you're going to take a... a I'm going to say the goat of Collingwood because he's the best Collingwood player I've ever seen. Yeah. No offense, Nathan Buckley. I think. What about no Dacos? Oh, I didn't get to see Dacos. <laughs> I said that I've seen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, where Scott Penderbury is an elite kick, an yep. elite kick, and we're just found another one in in Dacos, and we're hitting targets yep. with those two. Unfortunately, we didn't capitalize on the scoring shots. But let's talk about. Do you see the potential of Nick? Are you buying into the hype? Yeah, so that's the thing. And you, this is what you've got to look at in the younger younger players and composure. Composure is the number one thing that you can look at in a young guy. And I, I said it in the first round, against, uh, first round against Saints. Yeah. yeah. So in the first round against Saints, when he coughed that one up yeah. in the back line, first, kick first one, the next one, he still bit off the kick that he wanted to take. Yeah. It was He wasn't scared to take the kick. He wasn't scared to take his time on it. That's co- that's composure, and that's that's Sorry, him. I'm going to add that mama mentality. I'm going to put the no, no, reference in no, that. no, that's, that, no. That, that's a bit of a mama just, mentality. No, no, no it's, <laughs> it's more it's more about just knowing that you can be better. Uh, you 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 trust your skills. You trust your your gameplay enough to go. I know what I can do. I, I'm going to go to that again. Yeah. I'm going to keep going to that. It'll come. It'll yeah. come. So and you can see him even in the contest. He's not rushed, and yeah. that's. Once again, you look at Scott Penderbury, that's one thing he's always been known for. He's never rushed. Even if there's eight guys around him, he's never rushed. He's still trying to find that, that correct um, decision and just go from there. Um, yeah, and I look, Josh Dacos is coming through um, through the wing. He's actually made it his own. He's yep. playing some good form. But I'll, with just, Col- just before we yeah. go, I just want to say... I don't think that it was a scoring ability of Collingwood that let them down. I want to. I think it's actually the back line. It's one thing for Collingwood that's always been their issue, especially against this West Coast side. Yeah, and is, the size. Is always, we can't cope with two key forwards. And it's the same as what I said just before with about Jack Carlton. Oh, no, with with, Jack, with yeah. Carlton. Is, as much as Collingwood probably have the two, they probably have two key backs, but with Roughhead not in as well so Darcy Moore and Roughhead can take that with How being the third it really really throws that back line out of whack because Jeremy Howe then has to take a Jack Darling yeah where instead of being on the third but then you could say they have Oscar Allen out and Howe would usually have well, let's, him let's revert back to the 2018 but, grand yeah. final when they had Darling and Kennedy mm-hmm. right and I, I know it pains us to say but our three defenders that that grand finals Tyson Goldsack who took yep. on Kennedy yep yeah Jeremy Howe on Darling yep and the person that floated in front of him who is now recently retired with a knee injury in Tom Langdon yep now we've got Darcy Moore who's better than Goldsack yep you've got Jeremy Howe still there who's probably a shell of his former self still See, trying to get the uh, 
I love gold stuff. Yeah, I know, okay. but you got no, 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 no. So, no, no. So, I'm not. This isn't personal. Yeah. It's it's about competitiveness, yeah. and I'd almost put them on par right now. Yeah. With where they're at, as it, Goldsack was obviously end of it, near the end of his career. Darcy Moore is pretty much taking taking off with yep. his career. Future captain. But the thing is, Darcy Moore he still isn't an elite one on one defender yet. Yeah. He's good. He's good in an aerial contest. He's he's good in when he gets a run at it. He's he's really good. But if you get him in a one on one contest. He still gets a bit outbodied by the likes of say Josh Kennedy yeah. or a big key forward, Agreed. and that's where that's where Roughhead would be able to take that first one, and then Darcy Moore would Thanks then for be able to. Punch. I was leading you into the Roughhead. Thank you. Like, yeah. I was literally yeah. leading you into that. But how big is that Ruffy inclusion? Hopefully this week against Danaher. Yeah. But also, I want to talk about Charlie Dean, who's on our rookie list. He before he broke his foot in the practice games, he looked very very good. And he's also a VFL um, team of the full as a fullback. Like yep. you. So he he's capable of play. He knows the craft of fullback. So yep. he'll be a good in to come in. And I'm not saying we drop Majden like we do. We, <laughs> <laughs> I try not to hate on a player, but he has he, been a bit better. I'll he, give him that. But he still should not be in the team. All right. I'm like, <laughs> everything. Thirty seconds. Thirty seconds on, on Majden just quickly. Everything he is does it, is, well. this, is this our buzzer beater? Yeah, this is buzzer sure, surely. Buzzer beater topic. <laughs> <laughs> buzzer beater topic, imagine. Surely, you, every good thing that he does gets outdone by the one bad thing at the wrong time. It's, the, he it, does two bad things to his one good thing. Yeah. So it's always negated by negative yeah. negative results. But let, we're going into the Easter. Are you excited um, for the Geelong-Hawthorne game? And is that a game where Geelong... Yeah, Geelong could almost lose just before we go, or is Hawthorne okay. found out? Hold on, I'm gonna call it. I'm gonna we're gonna we're gonna start. Oh, we'll just let everyone know that we're gonna we've got a new strategy and new uh, new structure of the show. So this is gonna be the the final final topic of the first quarter. This is, and then we're gonna have a few a break. But this is this is gonna be our new sound sound effect. We're just trying to find it. A bit of technical issues. Oh, come on, that come was, on, guys! You weren't, that was pretty weren't ready for this. Oh, that's so. not good. <laughs> anyway, right. that's okay, buzzer beater. All right, hit me with your last question. All right, is Hawthorne found out, and is Collingwood found out, or is this the time where Hawthorne turns the table against a quality side and beats them on a big stage on Easter Monday, and with Collingwood against Brisbane? I is, do, I do think Saints put it together. Yep. I think Collingwood still held their own. West Coast had players come back and everything as well. Um, so I wouldn't jump off the ship off both of them. Uh, we also knew there was going to be inconsistencies with the young young, young squad and everything yeah. like that as well. So And Saints put it all together. West Coast, we love to blow a lead. We know that. So yeah. Against, Saint, against West Coast yeah, as so well. West Coast also get some players back as well, which we, we spoke about this as well. If they get players back, they're still going to be a pretty formidable team. Yeah. So they, they could win games like this. So I'm not I'm not writing anyone off yet, but I do think there's going to be the inconsistencies in that anyway. All right, let's jump into a break. All right, bouncer for the quarter number two is on its way. And why not start with... The AFLW Grand Final. Yep. We'll talk about the expansion teams and the rumours swirling around that and yeah. how epic it was, uh, how epic of the moves that are going to happen. But, Ash, you tipped Melbourne, correct? I did. 
Yep. I did. And I tipped you Adelaide. Did. Yep. And, and who did I say? And Hatchet. Yeah, I'll give I'll give you no, all no, that. No, no, I I thought I said Phillips and No, no, you said oh, no, okay. you said Hatchet. Yeah. So like well, like like I said, actually, that, that's, that was if you actually look back at the podcast yeah. or listen back to the podcast, that You're was actually right. my tip in, yeah. in the get go. And I said Anne Hatchet for yeah. the for the medal as well. Yeah. Um, let's before the grand final, but, the W awards happen. Yep. Yeah. Let's go before the yeah. grand final. Let's agree with Bates. Yeah. Well. Once again, I was so close with Hatchard as yeah. well from my early tip. Uh, one vote off. And I actually, I looked through all the votes as well. And she she got, it It was games where it could have gone either way with, with her, her and Marinoff. Marinoff. Yeah. Of, and Marinoff had an amazing night like we picked yeah. as well. Of I think she finished top four. I yeah. think she finished fourth. So, um, to, I have no, no quarrels with... No, 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 no. That's what I I'm. Thought she was... Oh, yeah, she was definitely thereabouts. Yeah. I was, I was actually kind of hoping that there was a tie. Yeah. Um. So I was really, I, I was fine with it, but I was also a bit shattered for Hatchard. I thought she had an amazing season, yeah. so I really did want her to get there, and I would have been happy with a dual Brent, um, Aaron Phillips medalist as well. So. Well, let's talk about the surprise for us, for the rookie of the year or the rising star award. Yeah, yeah, we were. Yeah. Well, a bit I off. was, I was, I thought Mimi Hill was good. But I didn't think she was the best player in this class, especially with how good Rowbottom was at the back end. Yeah. And Presbarkas well, barely got looked at after... This is where the voters are going to take in consideration, I think, anyway. The other club is scheming against her. She's a second-game second, second game player, yep. and she's getting tagged. Yeah. So where, she has to be good. Mimi she's... Hill, like, she has Kiara Bell. She has all no, those... No, no. She, oh, she, sorry. She's Presbarkas. A, um, yeah, Presbarkas. Maddie Presbarkas. Yeah, sorry. Wait, where's she? Mimi Hill? Isn't she a free man? No, Carlton. Are you sure? Yeah, 100% Carlton. Okay, I'm white. Oh, yeah, no, she was. Sorry. You're thinking of... No, 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 sorry. I know who you're thinking of. Yeah, no, I was... Yeah, my bad. Um, So, yeah, she she obviously has those... Carlton were pretty poor for the season as well. Yeah. So, and... Like, Geelong was in a lot more games than Carlton, off the back of probably Press Barkers. Yeah. Gold Coast won more games and were better than Carlton off the back of Rowbottom. Yeah. Adding her. Yeah, adding her. Yeah, just adding those two improved their side exponentially. Yeah. That's the one. You shouldn't Uh, ask me for English. No, no, I wasn't asking you. I I was going through my head there, so... Um, But I want to... But but, also, Alyssa Bannon. Bannon. Yeah, I I agree. I I can't believe she only got five votes. Because she was lively for their forward line. Well... Not even just that. Then she went on the wing, and she was kicking. She was having fifteen touches, two, yep. three goals, some games. I'm not discrediting Mimi Hill, but what I am discredi- this is what I have the issue with the AFL in the whole product itself. Yeah, we give out a rising star award, right? But we don't give it to the best player of that year. So we've had multiple winners. Lewis Taylor won it over um, Bods and Pally. Yep, we had Jesse Hogan win his over Paddy Cripps. We had that was I'll give I'll give only, Jesse Hogan that because he was very dominant in his okay. first season. So he Daniel he can't Pierce take it, that one. Yep, over Scott Pendlebury. Yeah, and Joel Salwood. Yep, you had yeah that's ridiculous. Yeah, you had um, someone else beat Heath Shaw, who doesn't he played two seasons after that. Yeah, play again. Like yep. this is what I mean. Like you gotta pick the best player. And award like that's my issue, yeah. but so be it. Like, yeah, well done, congratulations. Yeah, no, we're not taking it away from yeah. Mimi Hill, but we just think that it 
it just I I understand that she, I think the reason she was solely picked is because she was included in the forty man all Australian yeah. squad, forty girl all Australian. So, so, but once again, I still don't even think Carlton should have that many players in the forty man squad. Harrington, they, Harrington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she they, should. The but only they, one. Yeah, Presparkus as well. Moody, Presparkus. That's and what. Harrington. Like they, That's like they, true. they could have had those three. There's no way they should have four. Yeah. And I guarantee those other three were better than Mimi Hill for the season. Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm not taking it away from Mimi Hill, but I guarantee they were. And you had, you had other teams that didn't have that many players in there who had a better season. Who had better seasons and. Agreed. I just think I I think that's wrong, and I can guarantee that that pitched a lot more votes purely because she was in that squad. Yeah. Um, which I, I don't agree with, and I think just purely off what we've seen, those other three had better seasons. So let's talk about the All Australian squad. Yep. Did you have an ob- obliga- uh, obligation objection to any of the players in there, or was there someone that caught you by surprise? Because um, for me. I actually picked the whole 23, to be fair. I actually thought every single girl yep. made a very good case of being in that side. The only one that I disagree with is Mon Conti starting on the bench. Because <laughs> yeah. I thought she was that bloody good. She should have started. But yep. where do you fit her? Because you can't have the Brown, uh, the Aaron Phillips medalist on yep. the bench. <laughs> yeah. She has to start yep. in the middle. So that I, I look at that and go, oh, who do we take on yep. sort of thing? Yep. But... King, uh, not King, um, Pierce from Melbourne beat the Ruckman. Solely deserved it. I thought she was very, yep. very good. Maybe Bree Moody had a case. That's my other thing. But I like the other 22. Yep. Any objections? Uh, no, when I looked through it, I thought it was pretty pretty reasonable. You couldn't really you couldn't really knock the picks for it. Yeah. I think the only one that was probably unlucky was um, uh, the GWS girls, hey, Alicia Eva and, and Elise and, Parker. Yeah, yep. I think Who they were finished, mind you, in their BNF count. The top four all separated by one vote each. So six, four, six, three, six, two, yeah. sixty, one. Yeah, so I think I think they were a bit unlucky to not be sort of thereabouts. But once again, if you look at their positions, who do you take out for them? Yeah. So that that's the hard thing. So once again, I actually thought the squad, the the team was actually well picked. I thought. They went with position and positional they base as well, so they? yeah, which was quite good. Which we're not used to seeing with the with the men's. There's yep. a, just a lot of midfielders just go in there, yep. which it's hard because now a lot of the AFL players they're playing multiple positions, so it's really hard to not jot down exactly where they are fitting. But yeah, it's, it's really hard. But yeah, let's go into the grand final. Grand final time. The start, the first bounce. A bit of a scrap fest because the pressure was right on like, like all finals yeah, and thought. all grand finals should be. Then comes the medal named after herself, Erin Phillips. Yep. And she has six vital touches in the lead up to the first goal kick. Yep. And the second goal. Yep. And then the third. It was at one stage, every time she touched the footy, Adelaide looked like they were going to kick a goal. Yep. She has to go down as the greatest player of all time. I'm sorry. This she is the goat of women's footy right now. Yep. She touches it. Good stuff happened. She did show her age at the back end of the last quarter because she just couldn't run as much. But her damage and her impact in the game yep. was dusty like in women's footy. Yep. Whereas Daisy Pierce, she was playing up forward, couldn't get a touch. They moved it down back, and she got a few bit of the bo- the touch of the ball. 
because the ball stayed down there. Yeah. She didn't have the impact like Erin Phillips. Like she couldn't get the impact in the game. And Adelaide won that game off Erin Phillips. Yeah. Agree or disagree? Uh, yes, yes and no. Like you, because obviously their midfield was probably that dominant as well with Adelaide midfield. But uh, no, it was they nullified Pierce in the ruck. Yeah, nullified but, that ruck. Yeah, because obviously they, McKinnon not playing as well, yeah. so that they would have had to try and. And do it's not like Melbourne didn't that. go down forward. Yeah, that Randell and uh, not Randell, um, yeah, Chelsea Randell yeah. and the best defender in the league, in Sarah <laughs> Allen, she yeah. has the last name with you. Yeah, just one one was bodying up on her, the other one floated across top yeah. of the mark, didn't let yeah. it go to ground. They Adelaide solely deserved that win, I thought. Yeah. And, yeah, obviously that's now their third premiership as well, um, which could well be the end of the whole dynasty. We don't know We don't know where it's all going to go, but we'll get into that yeah, soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get into don't, that don't soon. Cut my, no, no, don't I'm not, cut I'm not getting away from the, the, the grand final. So, um, But once again, the other one they shut down. So they obviously shut down Taylor Harris, and the other one they shut down is who I thought was a chance to win the medal in Tyler Hanks. Yeah. And you could tell that they really schemed to shut down both of those both of those two girls as to Tyler Hanks' damage through the midfield and that her on field kicking where and then like you just said about Randall and um, Allen just really nullifying Taylor Harris so she couldn't get any any outlet kicks, she couldn't get any um, Shots on goal. She couldn't. She couldn't get a run into the she midfield. Could. She got blocked, hit before the ball got near her. Yep. They really focused in on her. The only player they didn't focus on, who is a bit of an accumulator, not a, a damaging player, impactsman. Yeah. But she started getting off the chain a bit, and then Adelaide were like, she's had enough touches now. Bang! They were into her straight away. So I thought Adelaide had control of the game the whole time. Yeah. The only time Melbourne looked like a chance was in the back end of the quarters when Adelaide looked tired, yep. and Melbourne started pressing like they did against um, Brisbane. Yeah. But like you said, they nullified Tyler Hanks. They were they just wouldn't let her get a. They, she couldn't breathe at one stage. She was hit that many times, and then this is what I love about footy, in, especially in the grand final, when you get tackled. They weren't help like, and they put into the ground. They gave that extra little show off to the ground. They wouldn't help her up. They're like, nah, we're winning yeah. this. And Melbourne were taken back by, like they were. Yep. Oh. And that that's where the once again we said the home home field advantage, and and that experience came into play. Yeah. As much as, as <coughs> much as Taylor Harris has been there, um, a lot of the Melbourne girls hadn't been there before. A lot of the Adelaide players had been there, or at least. Majority, like half of them All had of been them there. there. They they lost last year as well, so they had extra motivation. All that stuff comes into play on that big day, and sometimes sometimes the team that's new to it gets a little bit overwhelmed by the extra pressure or the extra ramped up um, game style of everyone because yep. everyone everyone's thinking ten times faster than they usually would. So it's a matter of who can who can get that composure first, who can really settle into the game and know know what like where they're at and yep. what they need to do. And Adelaide proved that they are they were the best team. Alright, let's go into the off season mode now. The grand final's done. No, no, we've still got the Anne Hatchard. She at least she at least she won the medal. Yep. Oh, and and she stole it off Aaron Phillips. Yeah, but at least at least she like she still had a very, very good game. Yeah, she did. She did. And, she did. 
and you could say like she maybe there was a little bit of motivation because she just got pipped with the with the Aaron Phillips medal. So when if you're coaching, we'll just put our coaching hat on. Yep. We said who do you tag out of Marinoff and Hatchard? Yep. We both said Marinoff. No, we said Hatchard. Hatchard. Oh, I said Hatchard because because I thought Marinoff was still just going to accumulate anyway. Yep. Which she did. But how do you let an elite player like Hatchard get on the out of the contest on the spread free? Yeah. How isn't there a all right, if we see her free, sacrifice your play, get on her, don't let her get off. Yep. Don't let that connection happen. Like isn't that something that you would think about? Because yep. I would say twenty of her twenty eight disposals were on the on the spread of a contest and delivering inside fifty. Yep. So if that happens once... And that's that's exactly what I said to you yeah. as well. And that's why I said you'd have to tag her. Yeah. Marinoff is still going to... She's still going to get her 20 touches. She's yeah. still going to get around the ground. You know she's going to be a running machine. But she's not going to be as damaging as if Hatchet... If, if Hatchet has 25 and Marinoff has 25, I guarantee you Hatchet's been more, more damaging to you. Yep. Because she's going to get on her bike. She's going to deliver into the forward line. She might, she might even take a couple of contested marks out in the wing to be that connection going forward as well. Marinoff is just an accumulator, gets around the stoppages, releases her players. She's not, a, she's still a good player, I'm not saying yeah. that, but Hatchard just is a more damaging player in those instances where she's releasing yeah. and being released. So Let's talk about Anne Hatchard and her um, rumours swirling around her. Well, I mean, there's rumours swirling around <coughs> everyone with all, right, all these expansion off, teams. Yeah. First off, Port, Sydney, Hawthorne, and well, before we before we keep going, um, let's let's skip the buzzer beater. There's no buzzer beater yeah. shot for this one. We'll have a have another quick break and then and then we'll come back with this uh, third quarter. Start of third quarter, bounces away, and Craig Starsevich, Brisbane coach, is coming out swinging. Yeah, after his shoey, he's still drunk. Yeah, a little bit, but he, he's after the comments of their loss, saying he's yep. disgraced with the expansion. How dare yep. they pick their players? Pretty much mm-hmm. after they didn't fly for a bit early, and they get to raid players. I agree with him to a degree, but they were never going to let all the teams in at the start nah. as well. So. <laughs> no, no, they had their bids. No, they, no, but they didn't make the bids. Yeah. Four of the, these four last teams didn't make a bid till the last set of expansions. Yep, and. Where they could have made um, push to get pushed in earlier. earlier. Yeah. yeah, but in saying that, there was still only probably going to be like there was still going to be this next tier of expansion. So somebody I was still going to have to be yeah. there. I can understand where he's coming from. Oh yeah, well he's developed all his players. He has as well. developed. Bates rumored to go to Sydney. Yep. You've got um, uh, Huntington to GWS, which is not an expansion, but it's going to GWS. Yep. Alicia Eva, I'm hearing, has got is highly tutored to go to Sydney. Yep. You got Hatchard and Phillips and Stephanie Thompson, all shifting the crosstown rivals in Port. Ooh. Yep. Then you've got with Essendon and Hawthorne. Essendon are just getting the mid-range players, not the star players. They're just circling circling around. And Hawthorne have tabled up a double whammy for the doggies. In Ali Blackburn and Kirsty Lamb um, to take both of them to their club. Jeez. But it's going to be very detrimental to, to doggies. the doggies. Yep. Ali Blackburn has denied she ain't signing. She's come out and said it. So it's a bit of a wait and see. Yep. The new Sydney coach 
is a former Pies assistant, and when Kangaroos were the favourite to win the grand fi- uh, the finals before COVID hit, was the Crow uh, was the Kangaroos head coach. So he wants Sarah Rowe from Collingwood, mm-hmm. but he's also looking at Daisy Pierce. Yeah. Okay. So there's these rumours swirling around. If you were a player and you're offered a lot of money in a very competitive league with not a lot of money, do you leave? Like Aaron Phillips, well, Hatchard, Stephanie. A Hill. lot of them are, like, are at clubs where there is already two, three, four higher paid players yep. where the salary caps are only so much. Yep. And they they can't get much money. Like If you can go and be the franchise player for one of the new clubs, and get your seventy five thousand, or yep. the going rate now after Taylor Harris is probably around that one fifty. Yep. So if you can go there and get one fifty and be a full time AFLW player, um, you can't knock them for doing it. No. And it's really hard because it's hard for the clubs that are going to lose all their star players. It's it's going to it's going to be of- it's going to be hard for the whole league as well because it's going to like you just said it's going to dilute the league. It's going to we're going to be I think. It's really hard. I, I, I actually think they needed to hold the expansion teams for another couple of years until more players develop. Yeah. So right now they've just had an influx of some really good players. They've now had like top, top probably seven of your rising stars, really good players. Yeah. They're through different teams. That's another seven players that are going to come up. The next draft, there's already looking like another at least five that are going to be really good for the AFLW. That's straight away 12 players there, not to mention any outliers that might sneak up and be mid-tier players. They're going to improve the league, make it even better, and then say say you have another year on top of that and another five come in, five to ten come in. Say we got ten now because we're getting yeah. more and more better players coming through the draft. Then you're up to 22 players then that are going to be around all the teams, that's going to improve all the teams, and then that's when you bring another expansion in. And even if you lose three, four players from eight, from your team, you've still got enough quality players to, to go around your team to not lose a whole lot. I agree. Um, but I'm going to tell you what the league is telling us by the actions of adding the four teams. And it's this, this one simple reason. The AFLW is here to stay. Yep. And it's not about the next three years, it's about the next 25 years. Yes. So they're adding the teams in to get the competition in 10 years' time to be the or five years' time, because that's their goal. Yep. They've said this outright. The number one women's sport in the world. Yep. Not. Okay. okay. And this is where I think with diluting the competition, we look at different avenues to recruit, more mm-hmm. Irish. Get a few more Americans. Get but a few more. Now that because they're looking at see the Irish one is going to be hard because a lot of the Irish girls come over and play the AFLW season because it's at a different time to yeah. their Gaelic yeah, season. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's that could be detrimental once they move that to the. To, they still might get a couple, but they might not get all of them. Yeah, and that's the that's going to be a big a big loss to AFLW because they could get girls that have been playing a very, very similar sport coming across that have been playing for their whole lives, which that's where you see Staunton and all those girls come across and still be quite good in in our league because they've played. (coughs) So I agree with what AFLW is looking, but I also disagree with them because it's gotten to a stage of the AFLW being 
being starting to get more quality, higher scores. We've seen the first hundred score and everything like that, and then you're going to dilute the league again. Yeah. So that's what I disagree with. Where they needed to, they kind of needed to wait at least in one more, one or two more seasons until the league really took off before they diluted it. But they could have still kept the, um, what's it called? They could have still kept the competitiveness and yeah. and the quality in the games while still diluting it. That's well, that's what I well, kind of disagree with. With where it's at right now and the eventual four teams picking up the other players. Yep. The one team left in is in the best position right now over every other team and it, it pains the words coming out of my mouth. Is actually Carlton because they started their rebuild beforehand and they started to get competitive at the end. So there's no one really going to start picking out their players. They already started their rebuild. Yeah, but if they lose, if they lose Prosparcus and but, Moody, no, but they they can't because they're the highest paid players in their te- in their team. Harrington's the only one. But that's that's not to say they still can't lose them. They haven't had a good season. Those girls have been there for a little while. I can't. What I can. What Vessio, I'm Vessio, yeah. Vessio may, is the one. Maybe that I'm you very could go. Concerned about. But but if you lose two of those pl- players out of that team, yeah. Even if you lose two out of the four, Moody's the one that I look at yeah. the most because she's the dominant. Yeah, player. but if you lose two out of those four, that team is in real strife. Yeah, they get they, they don't have they don't have a lot of talent to go around. Yeah, as much as they they probably get draft picks from it, all that sort of stuff. I don't know exactly how it's all going to work in with the with the structure of the um, expansion. Yeah, with compensation oh, yeah. and sure and draft picks yeah. and. Whether the draft gets extended to more players, um, so there might be you might see the, the draft might be extended to more rounds. I think um, I think the draft there needs to be the young draft where it's the rookie or the normal normal, the normal draft. draft where it's strictly eighteen year olds mm-hmm. only. Then you go oh, to your, you could go to eighteen no, no, to twenty. No, no, strictly eighteen. Then you have your BFL draft or your state league draft where. The open or oh, an open age draft when you can draft in your open yeah. age bracket. No, that's what I was saying. Yeah. I think it should be eighteen to twenty because you could still have one or like one a year out of the, the nab. You yeah. still you still fine. You can be nineteen twenty. Yeah, and then and then you have your rookie for the twenty one to twenty seven. Well, you're gonna, you're think, still going to get some more up. I honestly think they should the draft um, for the four teams. They get one player from each club. Yep, um, that are already existing. They all get their normal draft picks in the rookie draft, and then they have a state draft for the um, for the four clubs where they just pick out a state players. Yeah. And if they finish, if they have a a, a shocking year or a, a lowish year, they're still getting picks from the following years, and they're not. Yeah. De- but not, they're not. They're not going to let them. They're not going to want them coming in. The teams aren't also going to want to come in and just get smacked. Yeah, I agree with that. Team. So they're going to. They're going to have to one be able to get players in to be competitive they're also going to have to get good draft ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So they get high-quality talent coming yeah. through as well, which is then going to dilute the league more because all those players are going to go to All I'm saying is you don't want teams. kangaroos because kangaroos came in the league and they just like, we'll have this player, this player, this player, this player. Yep. Made a super side. They obviously didn't win. Haven't yep. won yet. But you also don't want a team like St. Kilda who had all the draft picks and Gold Coast who have all the draft picks yep. and slowing down. Now, before we go into the last quarter, we're going to shift gears again. Yep. Men's expansion. I'm going to throw this out. Is Tassie getting a team? Tell me why they're not getting that team. Tell you why. I just, I think they need to have two teams come in at once. So the rumour is that Northern Territory, yep. if they but, don't get a team. But that's, or... I think Tassie's ready to have a team. But that second team isn't ready. Okay, so the rumour is that if it's not NT, it's going to be North Perth. Yep. No, that, that's what what yeah. I'm saying is, until they figure out the second team, Tassie isn't going to get a team. Yeah. I think it's gonna they're going to wait until they have two definite teams coming in. Yep. So, and then they'll and then they'll do that. Yep. So it's not going to be a one and then a one. Yeah. It'll be a, once we have two ready to go, two are coming straight in. That I don't think they want to buy. That then I don't think they want an uneven amount of teams. Yeah. Um, I also think it was with Gold Coast and GWS they they did a one on one. Yeah. And it didn't work. It didn't work. So I think they're just going to go wait till two are ready, two teams coming in, and then that's it. They should do it if they ever do a two team yep. coming in. And I go back to the NBA because yep. I think how they do it is correct. You protect your players, how many players you want to protect. Yep. And you have a, a soft salary cap in it as well, so you can't protect all your best players because your cap's going to come under issue. Yep. Then they have <coughs> the um, project, uh, protected draft where they picked all the players that weren't protected in a couple of rounds, yep. and then they go to there. And the players that weren't selected in the protected go back to their original clubs. Then they get their draft picks. Then they get the first selections of... Free free um, free agency signings. Yeah, that's how I think they should do it. Then it, there's no diluting in the um, draft where they get the top 10, 15 picks because if it's done right, you get GWS who just recycle through the draft every year because they trade off their assets to get a first round pick straight back from it. Yep. So I think you've got to do it that way so you don't have another GWS and you don't have it if it fails like a Gold Coast who are still struggling to form. That's how I think it should be. Yeah. Yeah, no, I do agree with that because yeah, at least, <coughs> at least it um, evens it up for everyone yeah. basically. And or, or if they do bring a Tassie side, any players that represented Tassie in the state level, if they're contracted to their club, they can they have the right they to have go. the right to go, and then they get compensated because they take over that contract. Or if the club doesn't want the compensation, they can release their salary cap doesn't doesn't squeeze, and they can go sign another player from it. Yeah. So, that's another way, but... See, I, don't mind. I don't actually mind that as well, but they could do both. 
They could kind of do both. Well, you could. I just think... No, like, you could have the protection, but if the player wants to go yeah. back to, like, to Tassie, say, yeah. like, with the whole... Even with contracts nowadays, if exactly. they go... The go-home go home factor, factor of, like, I want to go play for Tassie. Yeah. So, you know, like... There's Who's gonna, the best There's going to be guys like right that. Well, Jack Rewalt's probably yeah. still there. So, um, I mean, also, let's just mention, he's just a good Nick Rewalt as yeah, well. So, yeah. um, let, let's actually let's actually find out from you who's better. So, right now, Jack Rewalt is clearly going to end up with more go- more career goals as well for the season. So, uh, for his career, sorry. Who is the better forward out of Jack the Rewalts? All right, so I'm going to be controversial here, okay? Mm-hmm. So, stat-wise, you go, obviously, Jack, three-time Premiership player, Colin yep. Medal winner, mm-hmm. All-Australian honours. Nick Rewalt had his fair share, but he hasn't had that Premiership success. Yep. However, if you're picking a forward line... Before it, you go, yep. before you go further... Just quickly, yeah. You got to remember, Jack Rewalt was pretty much in the first, definitely the first one of their grand finals. He was the sole big target in their forward line. I agree. No, in their, in two thousand seventeen, he yep. he was he was the he was, o- he was the forward. only key forward yep. in that team. Okay, yep. sorry, I'll continue. No, there. no, it's, I I don't disagree. Yep, a lot of Richmond fans are gonna hate me in this, but if you're a coach. In their prime, Nick Revolt, Jack Revolt, who do you pick? I go Nick Revolt because of the the centre focus, the contestant marking, the hard running, not the leaping forward like Jack Revolt. I still go with Nick. You yep. go by the talent, it's Nick. Go by the stats, it's Jack. Yep. Because Jack Revolt has a very good resume now. Yeah. However, if you ask me this question before the 2017 season, you obviously go Nick Revolt. You, that was oh, absurd. Yeah. Absurd that you asked that question. Yep. But because of the success that he's had now, mm-hmm. we got to actually have this conversation. I still go with Nick. That's yep. my that's my point. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. I just wanted to see wanted no, to see I, which way you went because I, I I'm I'm in agreement. I just think Nick, as much as like you said, stats, all that sort of stuff. Jack has put together a really good resume. He's definitely still a great forward, but like you said, in prime, Nick Rewald. You, there's no you literally had to run three defenders through Nick Rewalt to yeah, even and you still and you still couldn't stop him. Yeah. And that's that was absolutely ridiculous in his prime. For that five five year span, he was just dominant. So who was their co- who was their coach again when they were in their prime? Oh, it was uh, Ross Lyon. How, yeah. Did they play fast pace like the Tigers? Oh, no, he still kicked four goals when they scored forty points. Yeah. Like Re- Revolt found the scoreboard, the the kick goals in a slow moving game yeah. and it's not like he's had other players compete against him like Jack Revolt where he had Cozzy all the time he had um, Gardner who floated down there he had Stephen Milne who kicked goals yep. he had um, Schneider yep yep, kick goals as well whereas Jack Revolt yeah he had the small forwards he had Dusty people go oh what about Dusty Dusty we're talking about forwards not, not midfielders we're talking yeah. about pure forwards yeah Jack, Jack Rebels only had Tom Lynch in the back half of his career. And people go, oh, what about Ty Vickery? Don't make me laugh. So, yeah. that, that, like, yes. you've got to put apples to... You can't compare apples to oranges. But, yeah, that's where I'm at right now. All right. Buzzer beater question. All right. With that transition that's going to be into the fourth quarter. Yep. Are you happy with Frank Vogel possibly getting fired? No. I am absolutely... <laughs> 
absolutely filthy on it. And who would you take, Frank Vogel or LeBron? Oh, Frank. Frank Vogel. However, I can fix the Lakers problem. <laughs> Sign me up as a GM. I know exactly what to do with the Lakers. Do we have time for me to explain, or do no, you want to go let's, straight to the let's fourth quarter? Hit the, uh, you've run out of time. The time clock's gone. Okay. We'll hit it in the fourth quarter. <laughs> All right, start of the bounce. Bounce was a shocker in the fourth quarter. You just threw me a doozy. You had, you had uh, me in, in circles. Yep. I will tell you why Frank Vogel is still the best option for Lakers. Yep. We've got about 30 minutes left. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, no, I, I'm in a grant that Westbrook should be traded. Get rid of... Yep. In the off-season, you can get rid of salary like that and it doesn't go to your salary cap. Yep. So get rid of Westbrook. He's $47 million. Yep. Now, three things need to happen. First thing is, buy Rob Palenka. He's the reason why Lakers are crap. Not yep. because of LeBron getting Westbrook. Rob Palenka not having a backbone and standing up to LeBron. That's... Yep. Buy him. Secondly, hire Sam Presti. Give him... Absolute millions from OKC, and I mean millions. I'm talking about 10, 15, 20 million dollars. Yep. Make him the highest paid GM, let him have a high market team. And I really hate this because we both listen to Bill Simmons' podcast, and this is what he said. I'm not stealing, I've been saying this for three yep. three months now. You, it, yep. I said it on the pod, <laughs> yeah. Sign Sam Pressy, give him all of God's gold. But just before you go further with that, yep. would you even get him coming across from OKC? He's his. Primed OKC now to He was willing to, to leave go full to go tilt. to Celtics or New York. You know what? Don't go to New York. They're a tire fire. You don't want to work for them. <laughs> you want to work for the Lakers. Like, I would actually want to work for the Celtics. I know it tastes yep. like vinegar coming out of my mouth. Yep. I get that. They've got a good good chemistry. And yep. it just shows, don't go for the big free agents. Keep your core and look what happens. Not, yep. not having a dig at Lakers now. Trying to get LeBron and getting rid of all the young players. No, have a dig. Yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, you get Sam Presti, make an offer that he cannot refuse. Everyone has a price tag. Mm-hmm. If he says, I want $50 million over five years, give him $50 million over five years. Yep. If he says, I want $100 million over ten years, give him it. Like, whatever he wants, you give him. Yep. If you get him, he's also the new GM at Thunder ain't going to be a good one. Here, I'll give you Westbrook. Give me a second-round pick. Bang. Salary done. Now you've got $40, 40 million free. Yep. Guess who the three, and you're not firing Frank Vogel. You're keeping him. Yep. But... This is it's not going to happen, but yeah, no, it's going to happen. So if you're not keeping Frank Vogel, yep, you want, but you need to play. Let's talk of Doc Rivers. Huh? Yeah, I'm not happy with Doc Rivers. However, if you get Doc Rivers, he's an established coach, can coach with different um, players. Yep. But the other coach that I'm hearing, so I reckon just before we go off Doc Rivers, yeah, it's I reckon they're trying to go after him purely on what he did with Boston in 2008 with Kevin Garnett I think it was 2008 yeah. with Kevin Garnett Paul Pierce Ray Allen he he changed so obviously with if you look at it you have Davis LeBron and Westbrook right if you if you can't get rid of Westbrook you bring in Doc Rivers instead of Frank Vogel right yeah. he is probably going to come in with the sole thing of, of, of making them gel together in a way that they can all work to their to their capabilities, capabilities and to their ah oh, what's it? identities and uh, their strengths strength that's the one yeah. to I don't know how that, I couldn't get that one out but yeah to their strengths so um, that's yeah that's basically where I think they're trying to look at Doc Rivers because they think that he can be the um, why 
am I losing, bro? Just train the thought the whole time. To help but, co- combine yeah, this just, mixture together. Yeah, just to, just to make it all work. Okay, basically. I disagree okay, with sorry, that yeah. because with the Celtics, the prime, the most common strength in those big three in Ray Allen, Paul Pierce. Mm-hmm. And they all work together. No, they all can defend. Then you add in a young rookie, a young point guard in Rondo, who can also defend, yeah. and add, add a young, angry big man in per, in Kendrick Perkins who can defend. Yeah. So they had a, an identity in defense. Yeah. Now if you're bringing in someone like Doc Rivers, who you're going to pay exponential for, when you already had a defensive coach, then why do it? Yeah. If you already got that, it's don't. Pointless. Go, yeah. Move. Pointless. It's move. like what? Yeah. It's just stupid. I yeah. can't. I can't think of a, an example of doing it. Right, it's like, all right, I want a bird. people manager. Yeah, that's what I was trying to get yeah, out people. before. Doc Rivers. That's how long was that? Was that two and a half minutes? I don't. Minutes? I don't know. That's not talking about it. But yes, I think. I think they're trying to bring in Doc Rivers as a people manager to nah. try and because I, I think they've lost a lot of faith in Frank Vogel being able to do that. I don't Weird. think I think Frank Vogel ran his course. Was frustrated with LeBron ma- micromanaging him, throwing him under the bus. Yeah. You know what? You've got Russell Westbrook. LeBron's got to play off the ball, which you, people go, "Oh, you don't do that. He's not the best player on your team." You know what? When it comes to crunch time, give LeBron the ball. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. So, yep. but if you've got an offensive team like Malik Monk, Allington with shooters, wouldn't you pl- add an offensive coach? Yeah, I think you've got to have to now. So I'm thinking of but, two. Well, they've got to they've got to structure it now. Yep. LeBron is clearly what they're trying to structure around. Yeah. It's, it's very obvious. Yeah. But they've got to work out a game plan that it can go between two speeds. So, and I've been saying it the yep. whole time that it's just one speed of slow. Yeah. And that because that's all LeBron can play, so he can run out I the whole game. I don't think it's all he can play. It's because that was all our defense, like our team at the time. Like you look at Danny Green, KCP, they're defenders. No, 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 but now for this season, for this season, it's only, but that's what, they needed to play fast, but they could only run at one speed because they they wanted LeBron to play 30, 35 minutes. And if he's playing 30, 35 minutes, you have to run slow. Yeah. Otherwise, he can't go the whole, the whole game. So this, if you want to keep the slow identity, yep, Right, which I'm okay with because it means that we're going to have a defensive identity. And I like defense. I love defense. At least we can play defense because right now we're getting schooled on defense. Yep. You get rid of Westbrook, you go after three names. Yep. Aiton, who's a free agent this offseason. Yep. You get him. Imagine the pick and rolls he can do with AD and Aiton. That's your number one. Yep. Your second one, Rudy Gobert. If you're going to go defensive, might as well get the best defensive big in the game. Yep. Fair? Yep. No, yep. I'm, I agree with that. And thirdly, don't get anyone. Get good role players. Let it just be the LeBron AD show. Yep. Get, when I mean good role players, if you want defensive identity, look at um, Stanley Johnson for Lakers. Yep. That model. Get a Justice, Justice Winslow. Get yep. that sort of player. Get a Rodney Hood. Yeah, he's a bit older, but he's still a good 3D man. Yep. Get 3Ds and let LeBron run the yep. point. That's they have to go for. Like, yeah. They've clearly, surely you can clearly see that they've missed the boat with Buddy Heald. Yeah. They've no, as, no, as, much, as, no, as much as he's not a defensive player though, he's still a he's still a three guy that that he could have been that pass to for LeBron when he needed it or when he was running out of time and needed to find a pass, he could find Buddy Heald in the corner or something like that. They need to go after that. Rodney Hood, like you said, is going to be a really good would be a really good pick for them. Yeah. Then, like, not obviously he's not going to be available, but a guy like Marcus Smart, where you're only going to pay maybe like 
15, 20 mil, right, instead of a Westbrook who's going to give you defense and absolute hustle. As, as much as Westbrook does that, he only really does that on his terms and not on the defensive end. Yeah. So if you get a guy that can give you hustle on the defensive end and then still work his way into the game on the offensive end, and he only has to put up 10 points. But that's all you need from him. As a little bit of a role player who's going to really so what provide you're saying on is defense. So getting a younger Avery Bradley. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like that—that's what they—that's what they need. They what? need somebody that can guard two, three, at least the the first three positions. You found a, a player in Monk. You found a player in Reeves. Have them off the bench. Yep. Give them some good minutes off the bench. See, I, but think, have I actually think Monk could start. No, no. Have, I, I think he could inst- start. Yeah, he can. But have an instant offensive player come off the bench. Bang. Give something. What happens if he starts off cold? Like, have your defensive identity to slow teams down, and then go bang monk, whatever you need yep. to do. Okay. But my big thing is sign Aiton. That's yep. all I'm saying. Okay. Last thing before we go off the Lakers. Yeah. Is for me, um, Taylor Horton Tucker. Is he the only trade value? Obviously, they've let him a lot run a little bit loose. He's had a forty point game at the back end of the year. Do obviously trying to increase his trade value a little bit. He's the last young guy on that list, basically, other than, say, Austin Reeves and Stanley Johnson, that you yeah. can't get rid of those guys. Taylor Horton Tucker, he's been there for a couple of seasons now. He's too much on the cap. Everything, yeah, but everything has gone on to all the other young guys. Could they, could they maybe use him somehow, once again, to clear a bit of cap as well? Yeah. But I think, is he going to be one that they're going to have to get out to try and, even if it's just some young role-playing guys, something like that, could he be one to go so they could do that? Look, and that's like all your young the, core gone. I like the possibility of this three-team trade if we go with a defensive identity and go Rudy Gobert for um, Taylor Horton Tucker and the number one pick. But you're sending Westbrook off and whatever assets you get with the Westbrook sends back to Utah yep. in case Utah want to blow it up and keep Donovan Mitchell happy. Yep. Then Donovan Mitchell gets another, a pretty much a similar player. In I'm not saying he's Donovan Mitchell, Horton Tucker, but... He's that um, he's the poor man version of Donovan. They get another scorer who can defend. Yeah, Tucker can defend. Yep. But then you're getting an established player, a good defender, and you might get some second round picks in there. Who knows? Yeah. But that's where I would go with t- Tucker. Try and find a way to get another premier player in. Yep. And ship off those contracts because Lakers. Yes, you need your picks. You can go big swinging and getting players. But you have to keep your identity. If you go big swinging, get a good play, uh, plays within your identity, yep. you'll be fine. I don't like the Westbrook coming in. Like, I love Westbrook as a player. Yep. Not as a Laker. Okay. Okay. Now, let's talk about playoffs. All right. I've got a question for you. Mm-hmm. First question of the night. <laughs> well, <laughs> or not really. It's maybe second or third. Yeah. The playoffs are set. We go to one to ten. Mm-hmm. Who's the scariest team in the playoffs? Who's the one that you fear to play? Honestly, like honestly, it's got to be. I'm gonna throw out two. No, no, one. No, I've, I've got to give two because they're exactly. So they're completely different reasons as to why they're okay. why they're the two. So my two are actually both on the west in oh, in my Grizzlies and Golden State. Yeah, and they're the two most scariest opponents purely because I don't know what you're gonna get. Because Phoenix, I think you know what you're going to get in the playoffs. I think you know what you can, Chris Paul what you can strategy for. I, I know what you can do. 
Memphis can go any which way and they can, uh, what's it called? And they can sort of, they could also miss the boat completely because they haven't they could been, get knocked around. they couldn't be, they haven't been in the situation. Yep. So they could really go either way. They could be an absolute dominant force in the playoffs because they've got that mentality of we are going to try and yep. win this thing. And then Golden State on the other end is, look at their team. Like, look they at their team. They 11 minutes Cl- together in Draymond, Steph. A Clay, Clay. Clay is getting some serious minutes into him he's back end of the year. Back. He's looking like he's getting his shot back. If you can get him 25 minutes of... if they Hopefully they reduce his minutes by five minutes for the game. Just that five minutes, just freeze him up a little bit to get his... To, to be still on his feet. So he's not tired. He's not... He's just going to be able to get his shot, get it off, On that done. Though, it's not, doesn't let Steph get too tired yep. as well. But also, but, and it Steph's going to be a little bit shots. underdone and everything. They can rotate their system only to the extent that it still works. Yeah. That's, they can't go 10 deep. I it's the trust Golden State enough. Yeah, and, have, and they've done it. They've yeah. been there before. Steve Kerr knows what he's doing. Draymond, Clay, and Steph have played 11 minutes this season together. Yep. I trust them enough to find that chemistry like that oh. because they've played the last 10 yeah. seasons. They've been there. They've done it. So, <clears> yeah, but... All right, what do you, who, do you, who do you reckon is the most dangerous? The, the most dangerous, and you don't know what you're going to get, is on the East, and that is 100% Toronto. Yeah. You don't know what you get. Right now, they, they're going to play... Um, uh, they finished fifth, didn't they? Yeah, so okay. they're going to play Philly. Yep. That is a one-team Philly don't want to play, because they run. Mm-hmm. Well, and they're long. They can they're defend. They're long, they can defend. They're going to hustle James Harden. They'll attack James Harden yep. in the on the defensive end. And Bede fouls a lot. This is what a lot of people don't actually um, take in consideration. And Bede fouls Toronto more than any other team in the league. Yep. And then another thing that's just come out today, which I'm hoping it doesn't actually happen, or I'm hoping it gets fixed before it actually starts, Matisse Thibel could be out for the two... Oh, because two, of COVID yeah, for Toronto. Yep. So... That's going to play a major part. They're going to have no wing defence. Yeah, and who do you put on Scotty Barnes? Who are you going to put on OJ Ananobi? Ananobi, Who are you going to put on Fred Van Vliet when he starts getting off? Mm-hmm. Who are you going to put, like, the matchups on the have no And then if they get playoffs. through that, then they play either a Miami or a, or a Cleveland or a Brooklyn, depending on who finishes in yeah. the I, I, I completely agree with you. I just, like, I just think with my two, they're just scary because you just... Like, as much as, like, you don't... I think you kind of know what you're going to get with Toronto, though. Like, they're still going to... They're going to provide hustle. They're going to be long. They're going to be... Um, they're going to hustle. They're going to do everything they can to on every possession. Grizzlies, I think, are the same, but because they haven't been there, they haven't got anyone that's been there except for Steven Adams, but he's just a... He's just a role player, really, for them. You don't know what's going to happen. Like, Ja Morant... We know what he's like. He could just take off. Dylan Brooks, we know what he's like. He could just take off in the playoffs. Or it, shrink. Yeah. No, but those guys, they've kind of done it a little bit in those playoff settings. So they might now, they might go crazy. They might just stay the same They and then they, they that's where they might get beaten. But if they take off or somebody else goes off uh, in Jaron Jackson Jr., if Brandon Clark off the bench has 30 points, like, these guys, if they step up as well, there's so many elements. I didn't even mention Bane. Yeah. Like, he could go off. He, they've got, you, they've got you... the attitudes to go 
to, to take themselves to the next level in the playoffs, which is what you need to do in the playoffs to go to that next level. Are you hoping that Memf- um, Minnesota win the first round against the Clippers in the play-in? Or do Not, you want I, I probably, I actually probably want Clippers. Really? You want a poor George Kawhi, Norman Palace if, Okay, okay. <laughs> so, yes and no. Purely, purely because they're going to be a bit underdone, That even if, if Kawhi comes in. I don't think he will. I think I think he might come in halfway through the first round, maybe if they make it. If they if they get there, but with Timberwolves, the one thing I'm scared about with Timberwolves is Anthony Edwards. He, he he's another guy once once again, like I just said, could just take off loves and big loves big the pressure, moment. loves a big moment. I think he's a guy that could just take off. Okay. Carl Anthony Towns, I think he's a guy you know what you're going to get even with the pressure situation. Yep. So they're a team, and they match up really well against the Grizzlies. They they run the floor. They're gonna they're gonna be able to run with Grizzlies, where sometimes Grizzlies blow the older teams off the park, yep. off the court. Sorry, because they just outrun them. Yeah. Because they're all young. They're all just insane. So that's what that's you pro. I, think I'd probably want, as a Memphis Grizzlies fan, I'd probably want um, Clippers. Okay. Well, I hope you're right because I want Clippers not to get anywhere near the championship. <laughs> yeah. Now, but let's get off our both of our teams. This has been a really uh, our team, eccentric. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't mind it because we're in the crunch time of, yeah. of the season. And this is my favourite part of the season. Yeah. But what comes at the end of the season is the awards. Obviously, we talked about the mm-hmm. women's awards. Scoring title for me. Yeah, I don't... Look, I don't take the scoring title. Me, I don't take me, the rebound. Me either, but also like good job. It, I think it's going to be you no, know, but I think well, it's the first time a centre's won it since Shaq. Yeah, but look how dominant he is. He, he should have won. It. He I, I'm, win it. I, I'm in agreement. It's like, but that's good. It's it's proof that he is showing his dominance on the court though as well as that big man that should be showing his yeah. dominance. So that's really good. But we haven't seen it for twenty. Two years, yep. like it's it's still a good sight to see something new. We also thought it was going more towards guards slash forwards. So to see a center come out and be back and dominant, it's really good to see that the league has been able to adapt and bring yep. their big guys back into play. I want to. We're going to talk awards, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to talk about scoring titles, rebound titles, or anything like that. Yeah. We're going to work our way up to the MVP. All right. Not again. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Because I think nah. it's done. I think I think the argument is over. Yep. I honestly think the argument is over. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll start MVP last. We're going to go most improved player in the NBA of the 21-22 season. Who is it? And here's my three candidates for you. Jordan yep. Poole, mm-hmm. Tyler Harrow, yep. and you put in Jar Morant because yep. of how excellent he's been. Yep. Jar's hard because now he's missed quite a few games. Okay, so let's um, take him out then. But I, I wouldn't also want to take him out because I think he's still played... He still would have played sixty games. Played, he, well, sixty-two. They were twenty-one and two, so he missed twenty-four. So he's so he's had. He's still got fifty-seven. Yeah, fifty-seven. He, yeah. yeah, fifty-seven, fifty-eight games. Yeah. So you're still in the caliber where you've had enough games to to go. I think Jordan Poole's probably played nearly every game. Yep. Um, he's definitely got to be thereabouts. Um, could you put in Bridges? Bain. Desmond Bain. <laughs> I would. I would go with. Um, for me, it will probably go Mikael, Mikael Bridges. Bridges. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. But but that's what... Yeah. Once again, a lot of it comes down to scoring. 
So no, not necessarily. Not the most improved. I just think I do think that they look at more that than they do defensive. Because if you if you're looking at defensive and with offensive, I mean you've actually got to then put Jaron Jackson Jr. in. He's in defensive player of the year talks. He's he's still scoring. Mikel's also done that as well. But that's what I'm saying. Those guys they've been elite on the defensive end, but I guarantee you they get overlooked by a Desmond Bain or a Tyler Hero because of their stats increasing scoring. Yeah, but their stats. Jared Jackson's defensive stats have jumped, yeah. but his scoring output's still the same. Yeah. Whereas everyone else's is across the board. Yeah. So we both agree with Mikel Bridges. Yep. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think. <clears throat> yeah, I, I think because he's improved defensively and offensively, I think he's probably got to be. He's probably got to be thereabouts for your top, top pick. All right, coach of the year. Who's your coach of the year? Coach of the year. As much, I think it's going to have to go to the Phoenix Suns coaching Monty Williams. I think it's got it's almost got to go to him just because of the season they've had and how many wins to loss ratio. Like, they've been, they've yeah. been super dominant. But then you look at a team. I don't want to keep bringing up the Memphis Grizzlies, but yeah, but no, I'm agreeing with him. Franchise record, but they played in the franchise record. Year. They've they've jumped <coughs> up to the second seed. From basically out of the playoff contention, like playing, but basically yeah. out of playoff contention because they were the ninth or tenth seed, I think, mm-hmm. um, in last season. So they've jumped up seven spots. Well, they they became one, the be, uh, the third best record in the league. Yep, they led they led in re, in, in rebound steals and blocks, yeah. which has never been done by any team. Any star player was out for a good for twenty five. Yeah. So no, I agree with that. So you've got you've got that element. Then you've got uh, what about then, Mike then you've got, from Denver? That, that's, so these are my next two in Eric Spolstra and Mike Malone. They've had a lot of their star players injured, throughout injured, the and he he'd have had a lot of their guys miss 30, 40 games for the season. Same as uh, actually, I'll add another one just to those. Just to those. So this is the other three. Yeah. In Tyloo, Mike Malone, and Eric Spolstra. They all have a good case. They've I all agree. got a really good case purely because of what they've been dealt with throughout the season, with with COVID, with injuries, with all that stuff, and they've they've had so many guys missing. And Tyloo is another one. He's had his two star players missing for the whole season. Yep. And oh. Uh, what Paul George for fifty games? Yeah, he made and, the playoffs with the bench. Team. Yeah, they made the play-ins with the yeah. no ones really. So, so if you had to go, who's the best out of that one? Who do you give it to? So, it's, it's really tough. it's it's hard because multi. It's hard because you can say, well, Monty Williams has already done it last season. Then he's just it was increased a little bit. Yeah, but he's also increased the best record in the whole NBA. He's also they also look like the best team in the NBA. They. It's not about how you know many wins I mean? they've like, done; it's how they've won. No, no, I, I know. Yeah. What I'm, so what, I'm saying, what I'm saying. What like Monty Williams for me is yeah. my vote. Oh, he's, he's, still, he's still my vote just because yeah. of what I'm saying. What what he's done, how dominant they've been. They just look like the best team. But the thing is, then you you've just got all these other elements you could give these other coaches props for yeah. and everything like that. But if you're gonna go with someone, you've got to go with Monty yeah. Williams just oh. because of what they've done. Defensive player of the year. Yep. I have no other player except for Giannis. Like, I think JJ, Triple J has done his good, great job. Yep. 
Um, I think uh, Bam played really good when he healthy, and B's been really good on the defensive end. Rudy Gobert? I have to give him props, yes. I'll give Rudy Gobert. But Giannis defends 1-5. to five. Yeah. You have to give it to him. I'm sorry. You, you can show me all the stats you want. Okay, well, of course he's going to get a rebound because he's the biggest guy on the court. Mm-hmm. Of course he's going to get the blocks because he's the biggest guy on the court. Can he guard on the perimeter? Can he guard um, a smaller defender? Mm-hmm. Is he uh, is he looked at in the pick and roll? He's not scared of the pick and roll. They actually run their offense away from Giannis where they run their offense... To Gobert. To Gobert. Yep. To Bam on the pick and roll. Bam's actually the only one apart from Giannis that doesn't... that team scheme against. Yep. But with... um. Giannis, he changes the offense. He's the impact. Of- he goes to the best player as well. Yeah. Like he, Rudy Gobert doesn't really go to the best player. No. So he's just a paint guy. He might go on and beat and stuff like that. But they still getting they still get their thirty points on him. And Look, stuff he gets like that, his so. blocks. He gets his rebounds. And I'm not saying that he isn't doing a good job. Yeah. Like I'm not saying he's not. He should still be in the conversation. He can get schemed but, out of things. Yeah. If you're the defensive player of the year, you are. Getting your offense, defender. yeah, you're yeah. getting your offense um, schemed against yeah. you, or yeah. schemed away from you. Yeah. Uh, so we're in agreement with Giannis on that one. I think, yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to go with yes. I, I was, I was in a bit of, I don't know which if Giannis is going to get looked at, but if we're just going on basically, basically yeah. what we think, yeah, Giannis for me. Well, I, I can't see any like that's the one that's the most open in the award. They're the that that's ones where it's not clear, cut and dry. It's <laughs> that one where a lot of yeah, the, the people that have vote on it are really confused on who to give it to yep. because they know what Giannis' impact is and know how Embiid's played, Rudy yep. played, all this for stuff. Anyway, Rookie of the Year, and then we get final ones, the MVP. Rookie of the Year for, for me, it's a fine line between Evan Mobley and Scotty Barnes, and you could float Kate in there as well. See, I, yeah, I think it's I think Evan Mobley's probably been taken over a little bit not especially I find with these awards and that's what I was saying with the MVP it really does come down to the final month it's an 82 like, game season but, so of course it does like, no, 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 I, I'm not saying you're wrong I'm what, just saying people saying oh how is he not the MVP they forget yeah. they forget what's happened like I was saying last last week they they forget what's happened at the start of the yeah. season and, and downplay what happened at the start of the season and they only remember the back quarter of the season. The first 13 games of the season were saying DeRozan's the MVP or Curry. Yep. yep. That, no, and, then, and then Durant, Durant took over. Yeah. And you know what I mean? Like, for the first half of the season, it was DeRozan, KD, and Curry. Yeah. That was the three. And they were the most dominant. Like, And then all of a sudden, Jokic, Doncic, um, Giannis, and Bede. All of a sudden, Doncic looks fat. So, yeah, it started, it started coming. Team. <laughs> um, but yeah, so... Uh, I do hate these award, some of the awards purely because of that, yeah. as the a lot of guys get more recognition in the back end of the year for where they haven't had the same season as some of the other guys because they've yeah. been more consistent throughout. Um, but in saying that, my most uh, my rookie of the year, I think, see Scotty Barnes has come hard back end of the year yeah. and he's turned that team around, and I think <laughs> he's got to be ahead of Cade because Cade's doing it in a terrible team. Yeah. Um, so he's got he's got stats. He's got all that stuff. Yep. Cade's Cade's been great. But when you turn it around and see that's the other thing with Mobley, he's been great. But he's had Jared Allen. Yeah. He's had Jared Allen looking after him this <coughs> season. When Jared Allen went out, 
Mobley, 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 Mobley really struggled to because he then got the number one defender. No, he actually didn't. Markin got it, yeah. but he still couldn't impact but the way. He you wanted. know what I mean? Like, yeah, because Jared Allen took all that pressure off him. Yeah. So when the pressure got put on him, we kind of seen a little bit of a rookie coming out with yeah. Mobley. Scotty Barnes, when the pressure got put on him, and all that stuff came about, Scotty Barnes took over, yeah, he and he. Wanted to improve the team, and he did. He made that team. He's made it's the hard, team. It's hard where to be they got to now. A lottery team to one of the that I've voted as one of the scariest teams in the playoffs. Yeah, you don't go from the lottery to the playoffs and be one of the scariest sides. Like yep. that just is unheard of. And, but that was honestly in a lot of that is off the back years. of one Siakam getting back to where he should have been. Yeah, and but that also is because Scotty Barnes took over. Scotty Barnes became. This he is my started. Team. Yeah. He started I'm taking over. He he provided on offense. He's still doing his defensive stuff. So he's doing it on both ends, which is allowing the pressure off Van Fleet and Siakam. OJ, but OJ was injured. He's been in yeah. and out a little bit. So Scotty Barnes then became, I'm taking over. Yeah, and that's where I think Scotty Barnes has jumped them all. I think all right. he's in. I think he's in first. I don't disagree with you, on Scotty Barnes. Okay, MVP. I don't want no explanation. I'm going to count down three, two, one, and we just say the name that we think it is. No explanation because I think we've in the last We're three. Probably going to be on the same page, but the last three pods. Yeah. Um, what are we explaining? So three, two, one. Jokic. Jokic. Yeah. Uh, I think it's hard. Can't... It's so hard. I, I still think it's a lot closer than everyone's saying because I just think Giannis to be. Right there in the scoring, t- scoring <clears throat> title, probably going to be defensive player of the year, like we just said. He's doing it on both ends. He's yeah. the best. He's the best player on defense. He's the best player probably on offense. If you, apart from probably, if you're choosing a team and you want one guy to take over the game, Giannis or KD is going to be a guy. KD has been ineligible from injury <clears throat> for MVP. Yeah, I think if you want one guy to take over the game in any facet, you've got to go Giannis. So. How is he not the yeah? How is he not the guy to to take over? But Jokic just had an outstanding season, so I think he's he's just. It was the happen. only one that's done that stat thing, and I'm not a stat watcher, but yeah. those stats are but very impressive. He's as much as his stats are like once again, we don't always go off stats us too, so it's not just that, but it's the fact that how much he's carried that team as well with two guys out as well, and then for him to do all okay. that stuff as well. Put it in perspective. LeBron couldn't carry an injuredless AD and a failing yep. Westbrook. Like, let's p- put that in perspective. Yeah, exactly. So, oh, there's our buzzer. Ooh, right. Buzzer beater to finish off the pod. Okay. What's that? What is it? Ah, the Boston Celtics, the best defensive team in the league, and are they going to rip through the Eastern Conference? Ooh, that's a good buzzer beater. Um, it's hard to say best. I would actually... Your your sneaky chance of Toronto, I think it's pretty much very close between those two. They can they can switch on so much. <coughs> all their guys can guard a lot of their spots, probably bar Van Fleet. Since the All-Star but, game. But Smart can... Yeah, actually, yeah. Since the All-Star game, Boston have a net point per difference mm-hmm. is plus 11 in favour of them. Yep. The second, which is the Mavs, are plus two. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a difference. Like that's yeah. a pretty big difference. Like, yeah, I think Celtics 
defensively, like that's a good identity. Yep. You ride that through the playoffs. Yep. Which is going to come in more play in the playoffs. Yep. We we know how much defense <clears throat> comes back into play when it when it hits the playoffs. I'm a so. big believer. If you can lock teams down and have your own shot creators, you're going to win the title. So, obviously, last year with <clears throat> the Bucks' defensive identity, that yep. shot makers and Middleton and Giannis made like mm-hmm. fifty point game, mate. Come on. Yeah. And then year before was Lakers, AD, mm-hmm. LeBron. Year before that, you had Siakam, Kyle Lowry. You had Kawhi, all making their shots. They had found shot creators. Yep. Boston have Tatum and Brown, who are very, very good shot creators. Yep. They can make shots, very good defensive identity. And they've got shooters coming off the bench in White and Pritchard. Yep. And they have that, that floater guy, that energy guy in Marcus Smart. So I'm scared of the Celtics winning another title because yep. then they get in front of the Lakers. <laughs> but no, in all honesty, I can yep. I can see them. There, You know how I said there was only three teams? Yep. They've changed my mind. There's four teams in the Eastern Conference. Yep. I, I agree with that. I do agree with that. I think they've got <coughs> right into contention now. And yeah. They're a big player. In, I was in holding off as much as I could. Yeah. But you can't deny good <laughs> no, defense. No, they've, they've been really good. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know what I can say about that. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> I agree. I do agree. Uh, but, yeah. No, another good pod. So, I, I'm happy with the structure. How yeah. about you? <laughs> yeah, no, it's all good. I think yeah. Cyrus just played. So. Yeah, I think there was a bit of time on that corner. So, it went a bit over, <laughs> over, over the other one. So... Uh, um, yeah, we'll uh, catch everyone on the next vlog. Yep. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.